Hi, everybody. I'm Richard Roberts, and welcome to our podcast today. I want to talk to you about watching your words, watching what you say. What you say is critically important. And I believe that the words that you say can make a tremendous difference in your life. Uh, I had an experience once with Lindsay. Uh, we were in a, actually it was Lindsay in a department store, and she was testing out different perfumes that they had at the perfume counter. And she sprayed one on her wrist, she sprayed one on her arm, she sprayed one on her elbow on the left side, then she went up the right side. She had five or six different fragrances on her. And all of a sudden she began to say, oh, I have a headache. <laughs> no wonder. <laughs> and, and the lady behind the counter came out and said, let me show you how you should put on your perfume. Well, of course, Lindsay said, look, I've been, I've been putting on perfume all my life. She said, let, let, let me show you the proper way to put on your perfume. You don't just take it and spray it in one locality. You don't just spray it on your wrist and then rub your two wrists together. No. What you do is you take the bottle and you spray it in the air and then you walk into it. And Lindsay thought, well, I've never thought of that. That's amazing. You spray it in the air and then you walk in. It is an atomizer. You spray it in the air and as it begins to fall, you walk into it, which means it, it touches you all over. It's evenly distributed. It's not just one spot. It's evenly distributed. And I thought to myself, that's like the Word of God. When you read and you study the Word of God, it permeates your entire being. Let me ask you a question. What are you facing today? What are you facing physically? Do you have something that has attacked your body? Uh, do you have something that has attacked you financially? And uh, maybe it's the loss of a job or you've um, you faced a situation where your company is, is uh, downsizing and uh, you're concerned because they may cut you out. Uh, maybe it's something with one of your children or, or something is broken, your car is broken down or or there's too much month at the end of the money, or whatever it is. What are you facing? And what are you saying about it? Are you just griping and complaining? Or are you going to God with it in prayer? Well, I remember back in the 1970s, my father, Earl Roberts, came on television saying, something good is going to happen to you. He said it on every program every week, so much so that people began to call him the something good man. Because many people in life expect the other shoe to drop. And they think that trouble comes in pairs. And they wonder, what's going to happen to me, they say. What's going to happen to me? How, how can I expect good things when so many bad things happen? Well, that's why what you say is so critically important. The words that you speak. The Bible says in Matthew 18, 18 and 19, Assuredly, I say to you, whatever you bind on earth is going to be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth is going to be loosed in heaven. Again, I say to you that if two of you agree on earth concerning anything that they ask, it will be done for them by my Father. Now, that's, that's really an explanation of prayer. You have a Bible right to bind and loose. You have a Bible right to command things to get out of your way. 
And you also have the authority and the power through Jesus' name to loose certain things into your life. That is to bind things away from you and loose things into your life. What you need is someone to go in an agreement with you. And that's critical. So many times we listen to people who are negative or we listen to the news or we, we watch the media and, uh, and they, they thrive on bad news. Just in case you didn't know that, they thrive on bad news over and over and over and over again until you feel it's the only thing out there happening. And you hear one small splinter of a group and they make them sound like they're a majority in the country, which they're not probably less than one one hundredth of one percent. But the way the media portrays it, they're this huge group out there across America. And this is the way everybody feels when it's not the way everybody feels. Don't be swayed by what you hear like that. Instead, line your words up with what God says. I saw a study that Yale University did. In the study, they say that women speak about 20,000 words a day while men speak around 7,000 words a day. Yes, women talk more than men do. <laughs> Anyone who's married knows that, that it's true. <laughs> well, what does the Bible say? In Psalm 19:14, it says, Let the words of my mouth, in other words, what I say, and the meditations of my heart, what I'm thinking, be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my strength, and my Redeemer. Now, let's examine that for a minute. Let the words of my mouth, let what I say and the meditations of my heart, what I'm believing on the inside, let them come together. Let them congeal. Let them come together. And may they be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my strength and my Redeemer. I've, I've got to tell this story. Uh, I've got to tell this story. When our children were little, I remember once all three of our children got sick at the same time. And we were just running around trying to do everything we could, checking their fever, looking in their throats. Uh, we're, we're doing everything. They were crying. Uh, they were in, in the bathroom. They, everything under the sun was going on, all three of them. And the fever was up high. I mean, they were, I'm talking 102, 103, 104 degrees. And we're running around like a bunch of chickens with our heads cut off. And, and my, Lindsay called my dad and asked him to come down and pray. When he got down there, I was so frustrated. I was so angry. I was angry at the devil because he had come against my children. And as usual, I was preparing to go somewhere to preach. And, and you know, I think, well, I've got to cancel the trip. And then I thought, well, now they've advertised me. And I, I'm just, I'm in, a, I'm in a tizzy, okay? And all of a sudden, I just began to shout and yell and just almost virtually curse God. And Lindsay got so upset and so worried about me. She, she said to my dad, Oral, you got to stop him. You got to stop him. He can't talk to God like that. My dad said, Lindsay, let him talk. You think God doesn't already know what he's thinking? <laughs> and he said, Lindsay, God is, thin, is not thin-skinned. He's tough. He can take it. Let him get all that out of him. He can repent later. <laughs> and I got all that out of me. I actually went to the front door. And I was shouting and I was yelling and I was screaming. I was so upset. Then finally, uh, I began to pray. And the peace of God began to come to me on the inside. And my dad laid hands on our children and prayed. And the fever started to go down and and things worked out. Now, you, you know, God knows what you're thinking. You say, well, I better not say that because God knows, God knows my heart. Yes, he certainly knows your heart. But he also, he also is merciful. He's loving. He's caring. And he allowed me to get all that that was inside of me out so that I could say, God, I'm sorry. I, I, I didn't mean that. God's not 
a thin-skinned. He, he's tough. He can handle it. He can handle it. Now, let me give you a three-step formula to do this. Number one, hide God's Word in your heart. Well, how do you hide God's Word in your heart? You can't hide what you don't know. That's why I wake up early every morning. It's usually somewhere between 4 and 5 o'clock. I wake up, I roll out of bed, I go to my, the chair I call my prayer chair, and I begin to pray. And I begin to quote, quote Scripture and pray. I take God's Word and sow it into the garden of my heart. I don't memorize Scriptures. I've never memorized a Scripture. I just say it over and over and over again until it becomes a part of me. So number one, hide God's Word in your heart. That way, when the devil comes, you don't have time to say, devil, wait a minute, time out. Let me go find my Bible. I'm sure I, I, I'm sure I saw it a year, a few weeks ago. No, no, you got to hide God's word in your heart. you got to be instant in and out of season. you got to be ready, okay? Just like an athlete is ready. A center fielder on a baseball team uh, is prepared. He, he knows what he's going to do if the ball's hit to his left. He knows what he's going to do if the ball's hit to his right. He knows what he's going to do if it's hit on the ground in front of him or if it's a fly over his head. He knows what he's going to do. He knows if there are base runners on, he knows what base to throw to. He's prepared. That's how we ought to be as Christians. Number two, out of the abundance of your heart, your mouth speaks. In other words, what you put on the inside is going to come out. So be careful what you put in. And third, and this comes from Proverbs 18, death and life are in the power of the tongue. Your tongue with which you speak, because you can't speak without using your tongue, your tongue is critical. Paul, the apostle, called it the most unruly member. Now, I don't know about you, but my tongue oftentimes gets me in trouble. Things that I say get me in trouble. And I need to guard my tongue and guard what I say because death and life are in the power of the tongue. Now, let me repeat these three things to you. Number one, you hide God's word in your heart. Number two, out of the abundance of your heart, your mouth speaks. What you put on the inside is what's going to manifest. And then death and life are in the power of the tongue. Um, when I was in my early 20s, I learned how to fly. I trained on a little uh, single-engine Cessna 172. And the one thing they taught us from the beginning was to uh, check your checklist. And it didn't matter if I was in a Cessna 172 learning how to fly or if I was piloting a 747, which, of course, I've never done, never will do. You have a checklist. Every pilot has a checklist. And you don't start the engines of that plane, whether they be jet engines or piston engines. You don't start them till you've gone through the checklist. Get a checklist of scriptures. I've got a checklist of scriptures that I pray every morning. I pray the 101st Psalm. I pray the 103rd Psalm. I pray the 91st Psalm. I pray the 23rd Psalm. And I pray a number of other scriptures, things that Jesus said. And I pray the Lord's Prayer. I've got a checklist of scriptures that I pray every day of my life. I've been teaching a class online. Uh, on the new Healing Network. Uh, this, it's been a five-week series. It's called Healing, Experience It, Live It, and Share It. And I've been sharing some of these principles, how to, how to help people to get ready for a miracle, how to pray for the sick, how to be a one-person healing team themselves. Healing, experience it, live it, share it, because that's what the disciples did. The disciples experienced it traveling with Jesus. They literally lived it 
And then after Jesus went to the cross and rose from the dead, they lived it out. And if you read the book of Acts, you'll see the acts of the apostles, what they did after the death, 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 burial, and resurrection of Jesus. They actually began to share it. And notice that the book of Acts has no logical ending. And the reason is because it's not over. Proverbs 24, uh, verses 20 through 23 says, My son, pay attention to what I say. Turn your ears to my words. Do not let them out of your sight. Keep them within your heart, for they are life to those who find them and health to one's whole body. Above all else, guard your heart, for everything you do flows from it. You know, from the very moment that we as children learn to talk, we begin to influence our environment. The words that we say influence our environment. They influence people around us. And I was looking through the Bible as I was preparing for this message, and I found the story of Gideon in the book of Judges. Now, if you go back and do a history of, of Gideon, Gideon was an Israelite, and he was the least of his family. We might call him the run of the litter. And he lived at a time when the Midianites had overcome the Israelites. The Midian army would come in every year and steal the crops, steal the food supply of the Israelites. The Israelites were starving, and they had no prosperity in their economy. And the Bible says that Gideon was hiding out in the wine press, trying to thresh out some wheat to eat and to feed his family, when suddenly an angel showed up. And the angel said to him, you are a mighty man of valor. Well, let's just look at it from the outside. Gideon was no mighty man of valor. He was the least in his family. He was hiding in the wine press, scared out of his mind, trying to eke out a living. He was not a man of mighty valor. But the angel said, you are a man of mighty valor. And when Gideon heard that, something changed on the inside of him. Those words had an impact on him. He said, well, he said to the angel, well, if I'm a mighty man of valor, then where are the miracles? Where are the miracles? Something changed in him. Something rose up on the inside of him. And the angel said to him, go in this your strength. And God spoke to him to build an army to take on the Midianite army. Now, the Midianite army had 10,000 soldiers. And God told him to build an army of Israelites. And he did. But God said, you have too many. Send some home. So he sent a bunch of them home. He said, you got too many. He sent more of them home. You got too many. He sent more of them home. Finally said, take them down to the water and those who lap the water with their hands looking around for the enemy, choose those, not the ones who, who put their mouths down into the water like a, like a dog would. And by, by the time he was finished, only 300 men cupped the water in their hands and looked around to see if an enemy was coming. He must have thought, how in the world am I going to defeat the Midianites with 300 when they have 10,000? But I got news, little as much when God is in it. And Gideon led an army of 300 against an army of 10,000 and defeated them. He became what that angel said he was, a mighty man of valor. Watch what you say. You have a powerhouse inside you. It's called your words. Proverbs 12:18 says, reckless words pierce like a sword, but the tongue of the wise brings healing. Now, someone may be saying, Richard, this is old time thinking. This is old thinking. This is, this is past. This is not progressive enough. I got news. This is more progressive than anything you could possibly say. Wow. 
Back in the early 1950s, there were two young men in Australia. Both were tennis prodigies. Both had talent. Both had great shortcomings. One was named Rod Laver. The other was named Ken Rosewall. Rod Laver was left-handed and had a very weak serve and was pretty slow on his feet. But he had a coach. And his coach saw greatness in him. And uh, he began to call him Rocket. Rocket Rod Laver. And those words, Rocket Rod Laver, got inside Rod. And he began to develop his body. And as time passed, he developed one of the most devastating left-handed serves ever in the history of tennis. Winning more than 200 tournaments around the world. He's in the Tennis Hall of Fame. He became Rocket Rod Laver. And if you look at his left arm, it is considerably larger than his right arm. It's so developed. He's in his late 80s now in the Tennis Hall of Fame. And as a matter of fact, the main tennis arena in Melbourne, Australia, where the Australian Open is played every January, is named the Rod Laver Arena. The other young man was named Ken Rosewall, and he was sort of slight, slight in his build. And he had a coach and a doubles partner named Lou Hode. And Lou saw greatness in Ken, although Ken was not really developed in his body now. Lou was, was muscled. And Lou began to say, Ken, I'm calling you Muscles. Your nickname is now Muscles. Muscles, Ken Rosewall. And those words got inside Ken's mind and in his heart, and he began to develop his body. And he kept getting better and better and better, winning winning dozens of tournaments around the world, some eight uh, uh, Grand Slam events as well as other events. He's also in the Hall of Fame. And in Sydney, Australia, the great city of Sydney, the huge tennis arena is named the Ken Rosewall Arena. Rocket Rod Laver and Muscles Ken Rosewall became what their coaches said. Someone can speak a word in your life and destroy you. Someone else can speak a word in your life and lift you up. That's why you need to be careful who you associate with. Even today, both those men in their late 80s, when they walk into a room, the word rocket and the word muscle are used. Wow. Words, words, words are so important. And Jesus said in Matthew, excuse me, in Mark 11, 23 and 24, Whosoever shall say unto this mountain, this problem, this need, whatever it is, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that the things which he says shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he says. You say, well, Richard, those are just words. You're right. But God used his words to create everything you can see from what you cannot see. Last night, Lindsay and I were reading in a book written by uh, Charles Capps and edited by his daughter, Annette. And they were facing a situation many years ago where the kitchen table was piled with bills and banknotes on pieces of property. And Charles got into his heart to go over to the property and speak to it. And the book says he drove by the property and rolled the window down and started talking to the property. He said, property, I'm talking to you. 
listen to me. There's somebody out there that needs you, and you need that person. There's somebody out there that's going to be blessed when they buy this piece of land. I'm calling you sold in the name of Jesus. I'm commanding you to sell. Roll at the window and drove home. A few days later, he went out and did the same thing again. And over and over again. And the days and the weeks passed and several months passed. And then the place sold. Now, would it have sold anyway? I don't know. It hadn't sold until he started speaking to it. You can speak to circumstances in your life. You can command them in the name of Jesus to get out of your way. You say, well, what if the answer doesn't come immediately? Then don't stop praying. When I played basketball as a kid, just because I missed a free throw, it didn't mean I didn't take another free throw. I kept at it. Just say it and say it and say it and say it again and keep on saying it and saying it and saying it. Keep on saying, well, how long should I say it? Just keep on saying it and saying it and saying it and saying it. That's how Lindsay and I entered into the healing ministry. We began to confess, Father, in the authority of Jesus' name, we receive a healing ministry. And that was 43 years ago. Within a few months, we had the healing ministry that we confessed with our mouths. Your words, your words, your words. Remember, the angel came to Daniel in response to his words. Let what you say come from your heart. Say it with your faith. Believe that God hears it, for the Bible says he hears and answers prayer. Use your words in a positive way. Don't cast off negative words. Don't be a, a negative person. Be a positive person. Don't let your glass be half empty. Let it be half full. Speak positive words. Speak to situations. Remember, Jesus spoke to storms. He spoke to sickness and disease. Use your words for the glory of God. I'm telling you, if you'll do, if you'll do it, it will begin to change your life. Praise God. God richly bless you. Thank you for joining me on today's podcast, and I'll see you next time. You are special to God. There's no one like you in the whole world. Your fingerprints and your DNA are one of a kind. In his new book, A Spirit of Excellence, Is It Within You? Richard shares how you can become a person of excellence. God's Word is so powerful and can equip you to excel in every area of your life. This book has examples you can use to give you the insight and endurance you need to turn your tough times into triumphs. Order it today. Just call 1-844-828-1412 or go to richardroberts.org slash bookstore. Call right now. 1-844-828-1412.